So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, and welcome to 90 Day Fiance MK. I'm Mr. O, and today, Ms. H and I will be discussing part two of the season four tell-all of The Other Way. In this episode, Mahmoud comes back from his temper tantrum. Chris and Jamie can't, can't agree on any of the details of any of their stories. Jen's friends come back again to trap Rishi into telling his family about Jen, kind of. And there's too much talking about Gabe and Johan's genitals. As always, we'll end with our Students of the Week, class dances, and life lessons. All right, thanks for listening. Stay safe and enjoy. Hello, Mr. O. Hello, Miss H. Well, how are you today? Uh, not too bad. Um, I'm, you know, got to hang out with some cool people this weekend. Oh, yeah, me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Thanks for being my wedding date to my friend's uh, wedding. Yeah, that was fun. It was fun. Yeah, super so. fun. Uh, well, coming from a great weekend hanging out uh i am very fired up today (laughs) yeah some uh professional things to be fired up about but Mm -hmm. then i felt like that enthusiasm carried over because i just watched this episode i had to because you know i was flying back when this aired yesterday and My God, Jamie and Chris, I was like yelling at my television, shaking my fist. I freaking hate Chris, but let's jump into the recap. So they replay the last scene of them together where, you know, Jamie and Chris are arguing. And Chris says she deals with anger by leaving. And she says that she'll come down and come back eventually. She says that if you don't let her do that, she gets so mad that she blacks out. And it's a defense mechanism. Jamie says she fell in love with the scam and just this whole situation is absurd. Chris says it's absurd that she told Jamie's uh, financial struggles were her fault when she was working all day to pay for the bills. Jamie says she only ever received one payment and she has proof. Chris says that she sent one payment and then she sent a bunch of other money that was sent through her mom and says that she has in total sent about $10,000, which Jamie disputes, saying she never received anything but one payment. And she estimates that Chris has sent about $1,200. Chris doesn't think that Jamie was with her for money, per se, but she does think that Jamie took advantage of the fact that Chris was generous and would get her things that she asked for. Chris wanted Jamie to understand that she was away because she was working for their future. Jamie is then fired up saying that Chris only ever sent her one payment of $750 and now she's in debt paying off debts that she had from having to make rent. Chris says that she never wanted that apartment in the first place and blamed Jamie for making excuses for not getting something cheaper. Jamie makes a side comment that Chris is lying and she's sick. Then Chris jumps into an accusation that Jamie cheated on her multiple times. And when she found out one of the times, Chris flipped her car Mm. and got into an accident. Chris says that Jamie knew she had health issues and blames her for not caring about upsetting her. So that way, you know, she got an accident and that could have taken her life. Gabe says that the biggest issue for him in this situation is that Chris and Jamie entered this commitment together and Chris basically abandoned Jamie with debt. And Chris claims there's no debt. Chris says it's impossible unless Jamie stayed in the apartment for months on end. And in that case, she says that all Jamie had to do was tell her she was in trouble and Chris would have paid to help her move into storage. Chris says she would sponsor Jamie to move to America. 
and Jamie is just in disbelief that Chris could just be saying so many lies. Chris then says that it's Jamie's fault in the end for picking an expensive apartment, and all she's guilty of is trying to give Jamie a better life. Everyone is just confused. (laughs) They can at least both agree on the fact that they're both single right now. Tim and Veronica then come out and ask about the cheating scandal, which is when Jamie was talking to another woman in Texas who reached out to Chris. Chris says that there was a confrontation, and Jamie uh, says that there wasn't any overlap. Chris shows the text to everyone, and Jamie admits to it, saying that it was during the month that Chris had ghosted her. Chris says that Jamie was calling her work 30 to 50 times a day, so her work took her phone away from her? Jamie says that she was actually gone for 20 days, and during that time, it was her birthday and her grandma died. She says she was feeling lonely, and that's when she started a relationship with the Texas woman. They're arguing about if Chris was gone for five days versus a month, and then Debbie calls Jamie a predator, but no one else seems to agree. Yes, that part was like, everybody was like, she was like, and, you know, the pre- Jamie the predator, like, wait, Jamie is the predator? Right. And, yeah, <laughs> like, Sean was like, wait, so you're calling Jamie the predator? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Then Chris starts to cry because she claims to still love Jamie even after everything that's happened. Veronica sticks up for Jamie saying that, how can Chris not understand that whether it was five days or 20 days, it's not difficult to check in. Chris thinks that Jamie is lying to make it look like she's not awful. Jamie then claims that Chris's ex-boyfriend sent pictures of them, Chris and her ex, having sex, and she has receipts. But uh, we're definitely going to get some more Jamie and Chris later. All right. So um, where let's do a check in. Where are you on the team? Jamie, team Chris, have has your opinion changed at all? Has it just been reinforced? No. No. I mean, I just. It's tough to know what's really happening, what's really went on behind closed doors, except that I'm very, very sure that everything that comes out of Chris's mouth is a lie. Well, like, yeah, she's, just she's deflecting yeah. like everything. I think she knows how bad she's coming off in this. Mm-hmm. She must have some kind of clue. And she is just trying to make Jamie look bad any way that she can. She's trying to justify her own actions because, I mean, let's look at even they started off by showing the scene where Chris shoves Jamie. That's not right. No one's going to defend that. So what does she say? Oh, I black out when I get that mad. But that is 100 percent. That is just what that is abuser talk. Mm-hmm. Like that is what people who are domestic abusers say. I didn't have control. She just left me alone. I wouldn't have blacked out and lost control. She should just right. left me alone. Why yeah. is she doing the things she knows she, she knows are making me mad? Like that's abuser talk that you yes. are responsible for your own actions all the time. Right. Like, always. Yeah. So her coming out the gate with that excuse, I was like, oh, gosh, you know, and I am with Jamie on this. And it's like she knew, too. Right. Everything she says, Chris has some ridiculous like, you know, pivot or some excuse. And Jamie is just in disbelief that this conversation is happening in the first place. Like, oh, my God, this person is sick in the head. How yeah. could they be telling so many lies? Well, and that, yeah, that's that. Though, that's when she specifically said that, not when it was an excuse after excuse after excuse. Mm-hmm. But when she directly accused her, she was like, um, you know, there's something about like, you didn't talk to me for 28. She was like, it was five. And you're like, no, it wasn't. Where right. are you getting this from? Like, 
You didn't send me $10,000. What are you, where are you getting this? Right. It's coming out of nowhere. The ones that she directly knew were lies. But like, you're right. Everything. What about the, you sent, you only sent me one check. Well, that's only one check that I sent before that bank account got closed because somebody was stealing my identity. So I had to give it to my mom instead to go through. It's like, what is, why is everything an excuse? Yeah. Like everything she says is just excuse after excuse. And it doesn't, and now we're, she's flipping cars. She's like, this, this woman either is, just, you know, an awful person or has the worst life possibly imaginable. Well, like she's okay. flipping cars so and people her- are stealing her motorcycles and stealing her identity. And like she just – this is all just happening to her. Like it, well, okay. it defies she logic. She does seem very unlucky, but I do think she is playing up the drama. But okay, to blame Jamie for her flipping a car and then like kind of framing it in a way like – one, it's your fault I flipped the car. Two, you knew I have medical conditions. So if I flip the car, like that's even worse for me than it is for everybody for else. For everybody it's else, like, yes. Because of my because of my health injuries. That was the thing yes. she used. My just health like, injuries. What the hell? She didn't try to get you in a car accident in the first place. So it's just like she's already starting off with like a flawed premise and then building on that. And you're just like what are you right. even talking about at well, this no, point? Well, no, and the thing that goes with it too, and the thing that the, the, the things I'm thinking that are thinking excuses, right? It's, but the one that got me was the one I mentioned. The one we specifically was like, well, I had to close that bank account because somebody stole my identity. Mm-hmm. I've had people who got their identity stolen. They don't have to close bank accounts. They might change no. the bank account number or the routing number. The right. only way you'd have to close a bank account is if you gave the identity th- thief access to your bank account. <laughs> yeah. Because you know who the easiest people to scam are? People who think they're in on the scam. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think I think she's doing a lot of stuff. I think the motorcycle is probably in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the bank account thing is in this where she was trying to pull something and somebody got it over on her. And now she's like, well, I had to go back and get the bank account closed and the motorcycle back. My very valuable collector's motorcycle. And it's just – it's – and so I so she just keeps coming across as a scammer to me. Like yeah. she is the scammer. Okay. Well, okay. Let's go. Speaking of scammers, let's go back to Debbie calling Jamie a predator. Where do you think that was coming from? Like what show is Debbie listening to? One where whoever's getting money is the scammer. Like. And, okay. and so she was like, well, you both admit that you she sent money. Therefore, if somebody's scamming, it's the person who got money. Like, end of story. Well, I mean, that's ridiculous because, you know, Debbie claims to have sent chump change to Osama, right? Uh, To the tune of about $4,000, which I agree in the whole grand scheme of some of the stories we've seen on this show. Like, that's not that much money, right? Right. So, I mean, like, okay, if we believe Jamie, she only got $1,200, less than $1,200, I rounded up, uh, $1,200 from Chris. So, it's like, how is that scamming? I mean, even Chris admits like, nah, she wasn't with me for the money, but, you know, she was taking advantage, advantage of, of my generosity. And that's what I don't get. If it wasn't for money and it wasn't your generosity, what was she taking advantage of you? How was she then taking advantage of you? Right. Like, because she called you a bunch of times, which, again, doesn't make any sense. That story. Oh, you called me so much at work. I almost got fired. So much that you couldn't put the phone on silent or leave it in your car during the workday. Come on. It doesn't make any sense. Right. She didn't even just say she was going to lose her job. She said her work took her phone away from her. Like, what work does that? Yeah. Yes. I've never heard of such a thing. It's it, 
Yeah, everything is just every time she opens her mouth and says something, it's like, whoa, where does that happen? When does that happen? Who yeah. does that? Like, all right, so here was the thing, because you always are getting that. Why did she ghost her for 30 days? Yes. Right? And this is putting out the wild, the wild theories is you Prison. know, my partner. Yes. No, we have <laughs> Oh, interesting. They would have taken her phone away from her. Yeah, but okay. So, yes, my thought was prison because wasn't there another situation? I can't remember what show I was watching, but it was something kind of similar where this person like disappeared for what? Oh, I think you know what it was. I was watching Ghosted. I love Gone (laughs) Missing. That was one of the storylines was they were like, oh, you like, you know, were out of contact for a month. What happened? Oh, I was in prison. It's like, in oh, yeah, we kind of forget. Like, if you're in prison, limited access to telephones. So that's when I thought, like, when we were talking about it, I was like, oh, it could have been prison. But right, rehab, any kind of facility, like, that you're a patient participant in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, we don't we don't know anything for sure about it, but it just is all like, like again, like, and, and we're just to the point where. If I was taking the arguments and not their attitude, not the way they're saying it, and just like, here, look at it. Here's a written thing. The It, it does seem more ambiguous, but mm-hmm. the fact that one person always has the excuses, excuse yeah. after excuse. They're not even really both making excuses. Jamie doesn't make any excuses. They're like, well, you cheated on me. And she's like, this is what I did. And when I right, did it. Right, right. Yeah, I feel bad that Jamie, it's very clear she's really fired up like I am right now. But the language barrier, right? She wants to express what she's saying and she's not able to very well in English. I mean, I know she has a translator there, but even when she was trying to get her mm-hmm. point across like in English and she was like trying to speak English, which super commend her for, right? It's yeah. like... It, I know it was difficult because she wasn't getting her point across, you know, and it's like, yes, if you're going to play dumb to, like Chris, you know, it's like you yeah. got to spell it out. You have to be very explicit and yeah. very precise with what you say because she's right. going to take any any ambiguity in what you say. She's going to exploit. Yeah. And like she does. That's what she does. Gosh. I mean, I'm kind of glad that most most Debbie aside, most of the cast seems to be like, no, no, like stop, right. Chris. Just right. stop. All right, so let's go on to I don't know. We didn't really get to all of my people yet, right? But right, you can talk about a couple of. I'm going to talk about Danielle and Johan because they came up as a side note in like a lot mm-hmm. of other people's things. So Danielle had some things to say about Nicole and Mahmoud segment, which is like frustrated me like right away. It was we started at the end with Chris and Jamie. This is at the beginning. Yeah, at the very beginning, Daniel's like we watch Mahmoud. Storm out, manipulate, just go crazy, calling and yelling at Nicole, who's just trying to calm him down. And Danielle is like, oh, this reminds me of my relationship with oh Johan. This is how this goes. I said, no, no, it, it's it not at all. No. <laughs> like, <laughs> I thought the same thing. I was like, wow, way to make it all about you. <laughs> right? Right. Especially because she was all like, you know, I just think that what their relationship needs is they need people who are mature enough to sit around and stay and actually have the difficult conversations. And I was like, last time we saw you, you ran into the ocean to avoid having a conversation <laughs> with your husband. Right. <laughs> anyway, so we then we also get back – before we get back to them, like later on they come up because Jen's friends want to yell at them for a while. Like they had that whole thing and I'm sure you'll talk about it when you get to Jen. They gave her friends. They're like, so – 
Any other shit you want to stir up with anybody? Why? (laughs) Go ahead. Why are you giving these two open forum? (laughs) That seems like, I don't know, a dramatic idea, but I guess that's the point. That's the point. So she they they say that Danielle emasculates Johan and wants to control the whole relationship. And Debbie agrees, but Danielle says, How what is even emasculating? How can (laughs) how can you even do that? Like that doesn't even make any sense. It's it's a male dominated society. You can't emasculate people. Oh goodness, Um, Debbie. She is in her own world for sure. She really is. She really is. And then we finally do come back to the third time because we have another weird segment where we just have a montage of all the weird sex talk they had the whole season. Mm. Um and so then People say they ask him about the height difference in the bedroom and why Johan talked so much about his, um, you know, third leg or whatever. And (laughs) (laughs) even Debbie was like, well, now everyone's just going to know you as the guy with the big ding dong. And they're all like, Debbie is out of touch. It's like, yeah, I think he's okay with that. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. That's all right. Yeah. I mean, I get what she was trying to say is like, you don't want to only be known as the guy with the big ding dong. I mean, they call it BDE and it's a big thing right now for a reason. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So we just got a lot of them being a little bit annoying and we're going to come back to them more next time, I imagine, because we didn't get any. We didn't have, you know, well, did we have it last time? I can't even remember. Did we bring on what's his face last no, time? No, uh, Talon is going to be. I think I saw him on the preview. Yeah, so he, we got to have Talon on here. To, I guess worth mentioning that this is part two of three. It ends up of a tell yeah, all. This one, particularly on this, these two is where like we had those two segments. We had Jen's friends just being like, "So, like, anybody else you want to trash?" Like, and then having like. I don't know. Let's talk about penises, I guess, Uh, like (laughs) that. I felt like they were really, really stretching this tell all year. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, With some parts, certainly. Uh, We've always said that, though, about the tell all. I will say this. uh, I so appreciate Gabe. I feel like he's doing better hosting duties than Sean. And not, you know, and I have mediocre feelings about Sean. I know some people super love or hate her. I'm kind of like in the middle, like she's fine. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, we always have like, you know, the the limitations that are put on the by, you know, the actual people trying to do yeah. things. To me, I thought Gabe, Gabe, we can talk about it later. I think he's coming. He's he's towing the line up to being too aggressive and too like dismissive of everyone. Mm. Um, yeah. So speaking of, let's move on to our next couple because Gabe has a role in all of this, and that's Nicole and Mahmoud. So Nicole is crying upset and upset because Mahmoud has stormed off. And if you recall, it's because uh, he had a confrontation with Gabe. Uh, Nicole tells us that it's difficult because it's a challenge, but he really is a good person. Nicole excuses herself to talk to Mahmoud and try to coax him back over video chat. She tells Mahmoud that people want to hear his side and that they're not against him, but they're more curious about his beliefs and his culture. Mahmoud doesn't see things that way, but he reluctantly agrees to come back and out the gate is aggressively calling Gabe an asshole and telling him to shut up. Nicole is still off stage and she is crying with all the drama and she's still on video chat. So Mahmoud excuses himself from the screen to see what's going on with Nicole. She's crying because she just wants everybody to get along. And Mahmoud says that Gabe doesn't accept him. So he's just going to accept that. Mahmoud says he will try for her. As soon as Nicole gets back, Gabriel apologizes to Nicole and Mahmoud. And Nicole says that she just wishes people would try to be more understanding of one another. Gabe tells them that he asked the question about, you know, uh, well, 
Gabe says, like, indoctrinating the children yeah. with yeah. religion. But he asked that question because his dad and stepmom are Muslim. So he has experience with religion being a focus in the family. Mahmoud also apologizes to everyone. He asks that everyone respect that he will raise his kids Muslim and not insist that he's forcing it on them. Gabe kind of scoffs and rolls his eyes as Nicole cries a little more and Debbie goes over, gives her a hug and comforts her. She assures Nicole that no one is there to judge them, even though... Everyone's there to judge them. It's literally what the tell-all is about. It's why you're on TV. So people like us can judge them too. Yes. (laughs) Right, right, right. So um, Nicole, it's very interesting. She certainly has this like, we should just all get along. And I feel like in front of everyone, she is much more understanding than when they're having behind closed doors the same kinds of arguments just the two of them yeah that's true it's it i don't know i her whole like i'm gonna beg and plead and just like it's okay it's okay no i'm gonna do it the way she talked to him seemed very off-putting to me Mm -hmm. in that it seemed like i shouldn't be watching that again it seemed like someone who had taken abuse right and you're like why are you why why are you spending so much effort you shouldn't have to spend that much effort trying to talk someone else down from their anger. Yeah. Like that's not appropriate for him to be that angry and to require that kind of intervention. And so I felt like really, for lack of a better term, icky about that. Um, but I don't know. But you're right. It's like she kept trying to do that. And it's not like they're completely different conversations than they have themselves. Right. Right. I mean, Okay. The only difference is I'm sure they're not applying the same spirit of the conversation to children specifically. Sure. You know, yeah. but it pretty much is. It's it's a religious and your religious views and, you know, pretty much. And I don't want to say forcing it on them, but it, expectations that your family follows all of your religious beliefs. And that's, you know, basically what they were arguing about this entire season. Right. Yeah. I mean. But I mean, yeah, especially on Gabe's side, because I thought it was a, I thought it was a little interesting the the um, you know revelation we had here that Gabe's you know father is Muslim, yeah. right? And so he was. He, I don't know that he was so much really being antagonistic towards um, Mahmoud for being Muslim, but being right. like your type of Islam is not the only type of Muslim, and the way he mm-hmm. says it. Mahmoud always speaks as if he speaks for all Muslims. And if, yeah. if you are Muslim, you will do what I do and you will act how I act and you will behave like I want you to behave. And he sees that as indoctrination, being like, no, I know that's not true because I know other people who are as uh, you know also adherents to Islam that don't act like you <laughs> and don't require people to do what you require them to do. Actually, that's kind of interesting because we have never heard this before, right? We've never right. heard that um, Gabe's uh, – dad uh, because we never met his dad we've only met his mom so it did kind of make me wonder if this was like a piece to it right maybe he doesn't have a relationship with his dad anymore and he's talked about how like very strongly religious people he Mm -hmm. didn't name any specific religion it could be muslim you know Mm -hmm. like 
uh, maybe he has a rift between him and his dad and his stepmom and all his other siblings on that side because of religion, you know, because he said that he's had the nastiest arguments with people that are religious. So it kind of made me wonder if there was something more there. And that's also why he's like kind of upset because maybe he doesn't have a relationship with you know, his step siblings or half siblings because of the fact that they're, you know, as he would refer to it as being indoctrined uh, because of their parents. Yeah. I mean, I mean, and I think it would be a little bit better. I, I think this time definitely the language barrier really kind of didn't help anybody because at yeah. the end of the day, I think mean, no, just sounds bad. Cause he's like, you just shut your, shut your idiot mouth. You stupid asshole. You <laughs> asshole, idiot, stupid. Shut your pole. Right. Yeah. And it's like, well, this isn't really a debate or an argument. It's just now it's just you calling people names. Right. 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 Yeah. It is interesting too the way that they edit this, because it's very clear that not just with their conversations, but there's a translator. Right. And it's like so you're getting people's kind of almost like delayed reactions when it comes to a lot of the things. But the oh, way that yeah, they it was edit weird. it. Yeah. It makes they it, edit it seem to be like, like they're everyone, having a conversation. But yeah. they also edit it like but they'll also take it down and be like. Like they won't – they'll just take the audio out of the translator translating. Right. So it's yes, everyone just like exactly. sitting in silence staring at them yeah. until they decide to respond. And it's like – it is weird. You would think mm-hmm. they would edit it the other way so that it was just – you know, I'd edit it like it was – um, like it was Star Wars or something. Like, yeah, somebody says it and everybody on stage knows what they mean now and move on. Like, yeah. And so, yeah. And so it does – you end up with these weird pregnant pauses of people just being like <laughs> right, stare. Right. All right, so like I said, there was there wasn't much from them, of course, no. but the uh, but the yelling. So let's move on to. We started talking about Gabe, so let's talk about Gabe and Israel because Isabel because they did have a decently long segment this time. So we start off. They they start off by asking Gabe about his underwear business, and mm-hmm. he says things are going well because he's managed to you know find a new customer base. It's not just for trans men that are buying his stuff. It's also uh, cis men who are trying to make themselves look a little bit more impressive. <laughs> So they say the partnership between them business-wise is working out fine and they, you know, the show has to throw some drama in. So they bring in on video Gabe's expat friend Trey. So Trey has some things to say. Um, He has the relationship. He says the relationship between him and Gabe are not going as swimming as good as he would like them to because they can only meet – under the restrictions that Isabel has put on their social lives. You can only meet at my house and only if I'm around. So Isabel, she has says, says she has nothing against Trey as a person, but in, or even how Trey wants to live his life, but thinks that, you know, Trey's getting his her husband involved in situations that a married man shouldn't be involved in. And the more temptation there is, the more chances there are to, to, to misstep. So Trey says, like, it's basically, like, don't blame me when we're out. Gabe is better at pulling women than anybody. He pulls a lot of women. So this Gabe is just like, hands up, like, (laughs) I don't talk to anybody. And he's like, well, yeah, you don't (laughs) talk to anybody, but like all kinds of women come up to you. And he's like, okay. (laughs) So we get a flashback into when Isabel and Trey kind of fought during the season about, you know, shh, don't tell her we go here. Like, this is not our bar. So it's at the end of that segment where Gabe said something about like, just let me be free. So – I don't know. They're like, what does that mean? What does free mean? So I don't know. It doesn't really go anywhere. Gabe's and Isabel's kind of like, I guess if free means other women, maybe we can both be free. It's weird. 
Trey just wants her to loosen up the leash because he just wants to be able to go out with Gabe, basically, um, and not hang out under Isabel's supervision. So Debbie has a spin to put on it. She thinks Trey is a player, and Isabel doesn't want her husband with all the, as she said, the playettes that the players (laughs) attract around. So Gabe at least sticks up for his friend, saying he's not a womanizer. He just, you know, he's out there trying to find love. So then... Later on, when we have Jen's drive-bys, the last time we talk about them, they get praise from Jen's friends. And uh, I don't know. There's, again, they talked a lot about his bottom surgery again. Like, yeah. I thought we had it pretty well all cleared up, but. I nope. thought we did, too. Like, did you? they watch the episode? I, I didn't feel like they were getting any new information. No, but it was like, these people are dumb. And so <laughs> the stuff that I was like. Oh, okay. I get get what you're getting at there. Like, you know, he was like, you know, we both make fluids and it's the female fluids that come out. I was like, but I feel like he said that the first time too. Like, how'd you miss that? He did. But Danielle needed him to explicitly be like, oh, so it's squirting. And it's like, that's what it is. I was like, oh my God, you didn't pick that up. Oh gosh, Danielle. Read between the lines, literally. So that's to me what it was is everybody like needed light. I need you to explicitly say the word that's in the porn video so I know what you're talking about. (laughs) Got you now. Yeah. Right? I mean, it is educational. I think there was maybe a couple details that either I didn't pick up the first time, but yeah, it was it was fine. Yeah. So, I mean, Kate, what do we think about Trey? I mean, I thought he was, he's an idiot. He is so dumb. He's <laughs> no subtlety, no ability to read a room at all. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I kind of feel like maybe... You know, there's a reason why he's single, right? And that's the part that's concerning that has him tagged as a player. Like, he's uh-huh. just, you know, kind of playing it off like, well, I'm single. Like, I can do those things. It's like, yeah, you're right. But you probably also enjoy doing those things. And that's why you're choosing to stay single. Yep, for sure. I mean, I, yeah. yes, that's true. But I also think I can't imagine, like, any... He just – he has no filter, right? And yes. so that gets some kind – but but people without a filter tend to be like, I'll just say what I think. And it's like, yeah, but you should like think about what you say to decide whether you really mean it before you say it or decide mm-hmm. how it's going to sound to other people or what's the point of you saying that thing. Just because you thought it doesn't mean you have to say it. Like yeah. you don't have to say that women approach Gabe all the time. Like <laughs> that's not anything anybody needed to know. Like there was no – I don't even know what he thought – what was he expecting to happen when you say – what were you yeah. expecting to happen when you said that? It was funny too because Gabe's reaction is like, oh, man, like what are you doing to me? Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> He's the worst kind of friend. It's like why are you getting into me into more trouble for no reason? What are you – Yeah. Like and especially if his end game was I just want to hang out with my friend out. I just want my, like, be able to go to with my friend. Cause. This is not helping. <laughs> you are not helping the cause. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, he was kind of funny but – um, I don't know. I just I also kind of agree like, you know, you have to trust Gabe. Right. And I think that was brought up by a couple of the cast members at the end of the day. You know, like Gabe isn't necessarily the one trying to be a player. Right. It's if someone is going to approach him, you have to trust that your partner isn't going to lead this person on, isn't going to pursue anything because someone can throw themselves at you as much as they can, right? It's like, that doesn't matter. There needs to be two willing participants in this. 
Yeah. I mean, and I get that, but I also kind of get the idea like I trust my person. I trust the person I'm driving the car with to be a driver and get us there safely. Right. Not crash. Yeah. I still would rather it not be snowy and raining uh, like and icy on the road. You know, like even no matter how safe of a driver I think they are, like there's still and you're right. Mistakes to be made that people should own up to. But right, at the end of the day, it's your partner's decision. The partner's the one who made a commitment to you. Right. Not right. these other people. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I can kind of see both sides there. Um, I don't know. I feel like there's there must be a vibe, too, that I feel like Isabel's like, nah, these guys. Oh. Like, yeah. I mean, I definitely think it's like that. I definitely think there's a lot of. You know, like when you hang out with – we've all had that. When you hang out with people that you haven't seen mm-hmm. in a long time, you end up reverting to the person you were the last time you hung out. Yeah. Right? High school friends are notorious for that. College friends are like that, right? But yeah, I could I could see her definitely being like, I don't like you hanging out with Trey because when you hang out with Trey, you turn into a person I don't like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, let's move on to our other uh, very long one we had this episode. It's Jen and Rishi. So it ends up Jen and Rishi are back together. They reconnected at a mutual friend's wedding. They've been talking and spending a lot of time with one another. Jen would consider it dating, although Rishi would consider the engagement back on. Sean brings up Jen's belief that why buy the cow if the milk is free? And Jen kind of talks around that point, saying that they would be together if it weren't for his family. Debbie calls Rishi a coward for not standing up to his mom. Rishi brings up Debbie's with her son and Osama. uh, So, you know, is her son or her being a coward? Debbie says there was no passion for Jen in trying to defend her. And Rishi then says that Jen needs to go back and Gabriel accuses him of talking around in circles because he says he does the same thing when he doesn't want to explain himself. All of a sudden, his language skills worsen, which surprises Isabel. Hmm. When asked if his family or Jen is more important to him, uh, Rishi doesn't answer, but once again is dancing around the question, which everyone calls him out on. He eventually says his family is first. Nicole asks him where Jen fits into this power ranking. Jen asks if Rishi, uh, if his family knows about her and Rishi doesn't really answer straight. So Gabe asks point blank if his parents know that he's engaged to Jen, which Rishi says yes. Danielle insists on getting confirmation of knowledge from mom directly from her. Sean and everyone else is confused. So she asks Jen if they are engaged. Uh, Jen says that a lot has to happen in order for them to be engaged. Rishi doesn't want to leave his family's house and he wants to build another floor for them to live on. And so according to Jen, that's a hard pass for her. Rishi says that he's doing his best to earn money so he can support two households. So that way uh, he can move out of the house and then still support his family. They welcome Myra and Randy, Jen's friends, back. And apparently neither of them knew that Jen and Rishi are back together. Myra thought maybe they would hook up because she knew about the wedding, but nothing more. Myra thinks that they will never work out. Jen says that Rishi has never loved. She has never loved someone before like Rishi's, which Gabe brings up. Wasn't she married before? And Jen says that in hindsight, that wasn't really love. It was just strong infatuation. 
The focus then shifts to Rishi's communication with Myra, and she claims that it was, oh, sorry, Randy, I mean, Rishi's communication with Randy, and she claims that it was worse than what they showed on TV. Rishi says that uh, Randy was the one who was being inappropriate. Rishi sent shirtless pictures in response to Randy asking for a pic of a special part of him, which is a very weird ask. And then Danielle <laughs> jokes that she, you would have gotten a very different picture if you asked Johan. Uh, that's what she was asking for. Like, yeah, that's, right. what, that's what that but means. But the way you, a special part, that's just weird. Anyways, uh, Danielle jokes. Oh, sorry. Everyone jumps on Rishi for not treating Jen like a treasure. Everyone is convinced that Rishi has been with other women in the time that they were that he was separated from Jen. Rishi's mom and uncle then join the chat and it's revealed that his family doesn't know he's engaged and they think his relationship with Jen was in the past. The translator tells them that they are engaged again and mom and uncle both say no, 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 because they don't approve. Gabe jumps in and says that they all heard it with their own ears. Rishi claimed his family knew about the engagement. So Gabe calls Rishi a liar as everybody nods and shakes their head at him. Rishi then addresses his parents, saying that he is thinking about marrying Jen again. Rishi then says that engagement just means that they're thinking about the future. And technically, Jen is free to do what she wants. Rishi uh, does say he plans on marrying Jen. Danielle tries to get him to commit to a timeline. Is this marriage happening in six months, a year? So Rishi says that they need time to figure out how they're going to pay for two households and figure out all the logistics first. Gabe points out that he won't even tell his mom that they're getting married. So Jen is watching Rishi and his conversation with his parents and his uh, translator saying that he will always choose his family. Jen hadn't seen, oh, this interview before, and now she's just annoyed. She doesn't think that this is going anywhere, and her friends agree. Sean asks for Rishi's mom to address Jen directly, and Shimla, the mom, says that a year difference, six months, would have been fine. Jen's only flaw is her age. Debbie asks why she's so small-hearted. His mom says that she will permit them, she'll allow them to be friends. Jen tells Rishi to tell his parents that he will marry her. Rishi says something about he, how he loves her. And then Jen gets really mad that he won't just tell his parents that, you know, they're getting married. So he finally tells them. Jen says that it sounds like a lot of talk, but no action. So she's, you know, prepared to move on. They're not broken up yet. OK, after hearing this, why do you think Jen is going to stay? I don't I don't. I don't know. I feel like – I don't know. I feel like everybody was really unfair to Rishi this entire episode. But I think Myra was right all along. It's just not going to work. Like, right. OK. So how do you think they were being unfair? Because I think what was frustrating and I think this is when they all kind of jumped onto the bandwagon was his inability to be direct – in a way that's almost kind of pandering. And we saw that with his inability to tell his family that he was getting married. Instead, he like talks about love. And it's like, that's not what you're supposed to be telling them. Right. But it's also not how you address people in Indian culture. You don't mm. just straight up tell people's things out of nowhere. It's like, like I do know they have, they, they're the culture that tends to be one of those things. People are supposed to ask you three times to come over before you actually accept. Oh, right? Okay. They're supposed, like it's, it, it, that's the way it's supposed to work. So if you just came out, it would be like super rude, right? Uh -huh. 
to to do that to your mother is to come out of to come out and be like, hey, mom, guess what? And the other thing too, that's the other thing too. Culturally, they're like, yeah. well, did you tell her you were engaged? And I was like, I don't know. Does that mean anything to her? The connotations of what we mean when we say engaged are something that might have to be explained to her, right? Right, it, right. It's not the same thing that they have over there, right? And and the fact that like, yo, you're just you, you're just a, a coward who wants to live with your mom all the time. It's like, no, he's supporting his mother. Right. Without right. him, she is destitute on the streets. It's yeah. not like it's completely different. Like I, I feel like a lot of this was him trying to be like, you guys need to back up and understand the culture I'm coming from. Like. You're telling yeah. me to steal my mom's social security check and I'm a coward if I don't. Right. Like, I, I almost wish there was someone who had a better understanding of the culture and was able to communicate that in a more direct way. Because, you know, yes, I don't think I consider too much about, you know, the Indian culture and how it may affect like how you approach like communication or approach these problems, right? And it would be really great to just have someone who's very direct saying, hey, he can't just go in and say that. I know that's what you want, but he's got to build up to this. And this is his way of building up to it. But I think what's also frustrating too, and this does not help Rishi's case, is like how long has he had to build up to it? Yeah, I get if you're putting him on the spot right now, that's not culturally like the norm, right? But have they been together for months? How long have they been engaged? And he, they don't even know that they're together. They, they were under yeah. the impression that they were friends. And Rishi also lied to everyone about it. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I think they don't give enough credit—not credit, but they don't give enough leeway for him for trying to navigate Western expectations in and trying to move them into. This Indian culture where it just doesn't fit. It's just it's just crazy to me. Like nobody watched Jenny and Simit. Like, yeah. like you guys have seen this before. You know right. you can't just defy your parents. Like you know you can't just be like, well, you know what, mom, I'm telling you what's up. That's not something that just that happens. And yes, was he too slow on it before? Has it been like an ongoing issue? Mm-hmm. Probably, but it's probably been an ongoing issue because he he's been trying to. I just feel like. It's not his fault at the end of the day because there's no way to do it. Right. And so, right, you're blaming him for a long time. It's like, how is it taking you f- f- two years to fit this square peg into this round hole? It's like, because it doesn't fit. That's yeah. why it's taking me so long to get it in there because right. it's not going to go. And so they need to move on like because it just isn't going to fit. Yeah. Yeah. It's – it. Also, what do you think about Jen saying at 48, as someone who has been married before, like I've never loved anyone before? To me, it's kind of like I can see her five years from now looking back on this relationship saying the exact same thing about him. Yeah, I totally can. For sure. Um, for sure. Especially because, yeah, I mean, the way she looks at it and the way – I don't know. It, it, she tried to do the cow and the milk for free thing, right? And it's like <laughs> – because every time they've gotten into relationship, it started physically. Yeah. Right? It started physically when they even met the first time and it turned into actually, it's not just a fling. He's a real nice guy. And then they went to a wedding and hooked up at the wedding. And then it was like, well, I guess we're – I don't know what we're doing. He he assumes we're back together. but Right. Um, and I'm not saying you can't have relationship that turn into successful relationship that start off as a physical sure. attraction. Right? That certainly happens. But – it's hard to have one when you're like – when your excuse for your old relationships failing is, well, it was just a physical infatuation. 
It's like, well, that's what you started with here, too. Right. I also feel like it's, you know, some people are very good at either remembering things like in a positive way or in a negative way. Right. And maybe not completely seeing it for how it is, especially if you're someone who like ends things on kind of a sour note and it's easier for you to justify things in your mind by kind of making it a negative experience. And so kind of very easy to associate that with. I never loved that person. That's the reason why it had to end. That's the reason why I'm not with them today. Right. And so I don't know, like even her friend said something about like, you know, you think you love them at the time. And it's like, well, how is that any different? You love them in the moment. You can love that, someone that and love. then feel different yeah. about them later. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I agree with that. It's like I'm like – and I know when I got my when I got divorced, my ex-wife always said that. She didn't, She never said, never at any point. And I, you know, I'm actually really grateful for this, that she never said, oh, I don't think I ever loved you. Yeah. Right? Because that like, would be ridiculous. That would it's be like, – and super hurtful. So you lied to me that whole time? Right. Like, like, yeah. <laughs> because it's like why would you go through the motions of doing these things like in your case, building a family with someone that you claim you never loved? Like that just seems stupid. What are you doing right. with your life? Right. And you need to and – you, and, and you can. Yeah. I, I used to love them. I love this about them. Right. But you know, I've changed. They've changed. And it's just not there anymore. Yeah. Makes a mo- lot more sense than actually now that I look back on it. I never, it never loved there. you ever. And I've never loved any man except for this new one. It's like, oh, that's convenient. Except for the one I'm currently with. Right. Yes. <laughs> except for this one. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And and yeah. It, and you're right. It does sound like somebody who's going to find somebody else and be saying this same thing about him ne- you know, in a few years. Yeah. Well, we always say about these people on this show, like they say the cliche things. I've never loved anyone. Like I love this person. Like this is my last chance at love. Like I've never felt this way about it's like all very cliche. No, but I mean, a lot of that is because because you and I are very similar and that neither <laughs> of us, neither of us romanticize love to that point where right. like I, the yes. love you have to have to love and be with someone and partner with someone and have a great life with them doesn't have to be an all encompassing one time thing that all the stars line up. It, like, it can yeah. happen like and it can happen again and it can happen to other people like it, it is a thing that's, you know, beautiful and important, but not like miraculous you know? yeah i think yeah i agree with you i think we both look at love and relationships from a practical lens as well and i mean that's not to say that we don't have a romantic side but we're not like completely blinded by the romantic side right we're right. looking at the things that are practical and work and they're logical and it's like that's what i feel like is lacking a lot of times with some of these couples is that it's like Throw logic out the window, you know, forget how difficult this relationship will uh, be or, you know, how to make it work. It's just like, but I love this person. It's like, oh, my gosh, stop. That's the things I love about them is like, wow, this person has their things together and it it, it works out really easily and they want to make it work for me and they want to like, you know, yeah. have things be in an order where there is a future. Like that's that that's romantic to me. Yes. Wow. We got things organized so that there can be a future in this. You worked for there to be a future. Yes, that is very romantic. It's like their type is 
oh yeah, the kind of person that likes me. You know, it's just like, right. I, it's it's sad because a lot of these people, I feel like that really prioritize these uh, people that really they sh- are not a good match. It's just because it's like they think they can't do any better or that I think they really legitimately think they're going to be alone. That's why they make these statements like, this is my last chance at love. Yeah. Well, and that to me speaks, that's more infatuation than anything else. Yeah. Like when they can't, you know, they, they won't, they won't be future around me. They're a terrible, you know, cultural match or that, that. And you're like, but swoon, like, oh, the way he looks at me. Oh, and then you're like, but that, 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 that that's the infatuation part. You know, right. It's built on like a look. It's built on almost nothing. Yeah. So I'll just reiterate now that that is why I appreciate Debbie so much. It's like, she has not said as one of the older people we've ever seen on this show. She has never once said this is my last chance at love. And in fact, if anything, she said last week that she's going to try again, which I'm like, good for you, Debbie. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Like, yeah. And, and and it came when it came to the practical things. That's when she was like, oh, yeah, no, like <laughs> this isn't working. Yeah. All right. So uh, our last couple was. Oh, it was Debbie and Osama, but we really didn't get much from them. We had yeah. Debbie kind of coming in. And they, yeah, we just had Jen's friends call Osama an asshole. Right. And then and then Debbie says she hasn't been with a man in 12 to 14 years. Yeah. So. Well, Osama, <laughs> too, I feel like he didn't say a single word. Like, people were coming for him, and he just sat there. I don't know if it was, like, disconnected okay. or what. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was just That's like, all right, think. everybody okay. hates me. Great. Yeah. I mean, he, he he did that to Debbie, too. Is He, yeah. he kind of gets that. He doesn't get defensive. He doesn't defend. He was like, all right, if that's what you think, then fine. Yeah, dismissive. That's what you think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. So we have one more part of the tell all, which means next week. I'm pretty sure this got to be the last part, right? We've never seen No, it is. It is. It is because the week after that, before the 90s starts. Okay. Uh, So uh, we'll be back next week with a power ranking. But before then, we still have this week. Uh, Who is your student of the week? Uh, Jeez. I this is hard because if you didn't have we just had a lot of people yelling at each other so i'll say isabel because she didn't really yell at anybody she made some <laughs> funny faces she kept it in her lane and she wasn't like ridiculous in her segment like she was like okay friend sure yeah. my husband's not gonna go out womanizing yeah. with you but that's okay. i actually went with gabe and i know that you felt like he wasn't staying in his lane but i actually yeah. appreciated it because his wasn't like so aggressive um he did come off a little aggressive to Mahmoud last week, but at least he apologized, you know, and kind of reined it back in. But Gabe asked the questions that I wish the host would be asking. Right. Right. And so it's kind of like I appreciate that he's taking over host duties. Well, then they weirdly brought uh, the bringing on like Tim and Veronica to be like. All right, these people have not been asked their thing. You I asked know them. That, like, was, that was yeah. Weird. All right. Okay. Uh, what about your tunts? Um, Chris. Yeah, I know, right. Yeah, just Chris. That's... How many more excuses can you pull out of your ass? Yeah. 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 Just, right. I mean, I, yeah, we, we yelled about her for a while, so I don't know right. what, to, what else to go with. All right. Uh, what about your life lesson? Uh, let me say what I put for my life lesson. Um, Like, I don't know. I, I really just want to say we don't, we don't need to hear about your penises ever. <laughs> like, that's fine. We got a bit, and I guess like I don't know. I, 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 part of it was just that thing. That entire segment weighed around awkward like sex talk, and like 
And to me, it's like if you're going to talk sex, you either have to do it all the way or no, 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 do it. Like if you're going to say, if there's a weird height difference, tell me about your height difference. Just you either need to be explicit or be like, we're not going to talk about that. This weird <laughs> yeah. like double entendre like, well, you know, the, the motion in the thing. Like, what are you talking about? Oh, my God. This is so awkward. Stop uh, it. I don't know if I super agree with that, but I respect your perspective and opinion on it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think they should more go for, let's just say, well, we're happy. It's we're happy. It works for us. Right. <laughs> That's all you need. That's all you need. That's good. Sure. Sure. Um, OK. So my is like. You need to be on the same page of where you are in a relationship, and you should probably figure that out, right? Yeah. The fact that Jen was like, we're dating. Rishi's like, we're engaged. And even Rishi's definition of engagement probably wouldn't be the same definition as Jen's version of engagement. You can't just be on different pages of a relationship and expect it to work and progress. And that literally has to mean they didn't actually talk about where this relationship was. Right. Like they knew it was more – they both were clear that it was more than a hookup and they were still in like in yes. some kind of relationship zone. But yeah. I, I never think that really about says like something because I feel like that kind of situation tends to happen when people are afraid to define the relationship because well, they're, they're just, afraid of what the other person's answer is. Right. They're afraid that, it, that the other person would be like, well, I'm not taking you seriously. I thought we were just having fun. So instead, right. you kind of like try to read the other person's actions and be like, well, are they calling me every day? Are we like well, sleeping together every day? It, it goes you know? the other way, too, because like, the person who the person who thinks you're having fun right. doesn't want to be like doesn't want to have to face the fact that it's like, no, this is actually a relationship. Right. That if you don't want right. to be in, you have to end. Right. So yeah. it's like, mm. Well, the other person's trying to gauge like, well, how many relationship signs are there? Like checklist, checklist, checklist. Right. And it's like. That doesn't work. You just gotta like be explicit about what. Well, you're I definitely doing. think if you're yeah the, and I think you you said it too. The one the how many are we sleeping with each other every day is very much a, well if he was just in it to have fun, <laughs> then you would still be doing that. Yeah right, but but I think it, it to them it's like oh well if we're sleeping oh, together that's, every day they can't be sleeping with other people. In oh, that's true enough. That's fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> so that oh, must mean we're exclusive. You know, I feel like that's what. You, you kind of tend to do when you don't want to have that conversation is you try to read the signs. Yeah. 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 All right. So we will be back next week with uh, the tell alls part three and season finale. So until then. All right. See you. Talk okay. to everybody then. Bye. Okay, bye. Good.